This is The Guardian. Yesterday, the Intergovernmental Panel for Climate Change released a final warning for humanity. According to their report, the world is planning far too many new fossil fuel projects to meet our 1.5 degree goal and avoid catastrophe. One such project was approved by the Biden administration just last week. President Biden is facing swift backlash from environmentalists over his approval of a massive oil drilling project in Alaska. Now, it's a major reversal after he promised no more drilling on federal lands while on a campaign trail in 2020. If it goes ahead, the ConocoPhillips Willow Project would be one of the US's largest so-called carbon bombs, taking place in one of the world's most climate-sensitive regions. Alaska is home to rapidly retreating glaciers, where the rate of melting is among the fastest on the planet. No surprise, then, that it's faced fierce opposition. So why has Joe Biden, once hailed as America's first climate president, decided to go ahead with it? What damage could it do to Alaska and to the planet? And can it be stopped? From The Guardian, I'm Madeleine Finlay, and this is Science Weekly. Manvi Singh, you're The Guardian's West Coast reporter, and you've been covering this big new oil drilling project that's just been approved. What is it? The Willow Project, it is this $8 billion oil drilling project in the Arctic in Alaska's North Slope. The plan is to extract oil from the National Petroleum Reserve, which is owned by the federal government, and it is the country's like largest single expanse of public land. And it is one of the largest oil drilling projects staged in the U.S. in decades. The project is expected to produce um, about 600 million barrels of oil. That's the amount of oil that's estimated to be available for extraction. And estimates vary, but it's projected that this will create about 260 million metric tons of greenhouse gas emissions, and that's equal to adding about 2 million cars to the roads each year. One of the most mind-boggling aspects is ConocoPhillips, the company that's you know doing the Willow Project, has plans to use like chillers, these underground freezer systems called thermosiphons, to basically keep the permafrost from melting so that their oil extraction infrastructure can stay steady while they remove fossil fuels, which are causing the permafrost to melt. And just paint us a picture of where this is happening in Alaska. What is it like there and and who lives there? It's about 200 miles north of the Arctic Circle amidst this like expanse of pristine Arctic tundra and wetland. The National Petroleum Reserve is a habitat for just like incredible range of species, including yellow-billed loons, caribou, polar bears, muskox, Arctic foxes. And about 30 miles away from where the project is going to be is the community of Nixit. There are about 500 people who live there. Most of them are Alaska Native, and they have already been grappling with the impacts of fossil fuel extraction. There's like a number of oil operations that already exist in the North Slope and 
Residents have complained of asthma, COPD, and other respiratory issues. I worked at our village clinic for 14 years. When I first started, only one person used medicine to help them breathe. By the time I stopped working in the clinic, 75 people were using medicine to help them breathe on a regular basis. Now I have health aides asking me, why does your village have very bad respiratory patients? Of course, ConocoPhillips has other ideas. They say they've been monitoring air quality in town for years. And based on the company's data, agencies have said pollution respiratory issues are due to like smoking or poor indoor ventilation. Um, There's also the fact that this community, as well as other communities in the Arctic, are literally living at the edge of the climate crisis because the Arctic has warmed nearly four times faster than the rest of the world. Um, People who live in the area have noticed their houses are bending or cracking as permafrost melts. And there's just one other large concern, which is that the um, oil operation is going to affect like animals and communities in the region who hunt those animals for subsistence as well. Animals like caribou and whales, who are both going to be impacted by global heating, but also some of this infrastructure. So how do native communities there expect to be impacted by this new project? The native village of Nixit and the city of Nixit have explicitly stated their vehement opposition to the project, and they're going to be the community most impacted. I think it's clear that people in that area are kind of worried that this project is really going to be the end of a way of life, which I think is very heavy and very sort of hard to fathom. And also, I should mention, you know, as this Willow project was approved, the Biden administration has also awarded tribes in Alaska money to actually relocate. Um, away from climate threats like melting permafrost, frequent storms and flooding. And again, there's going to be dozens of miles of gravel roads and hundreds of miles of ice roads and pipelines and 199 wells. And just like imagine all of that coming up in the middle of this like wilderness. I mean, that's obviously hugely significant, but you know, there are some people within the communities who are actually in support of this project. What are their views? Yeah, it's kind of complicated because Alaska is quite dependent on the oil and gas industry for a lot of its economy. And so some Alaskans, including some Alaskans in the North Slope, celebrated the project's approval because of the jobs and money it would generate. The project is expected to generate about 2,500 construction jobs, 300 permanent positions, and about $17 billion in revenue. And especially for some of these like remote communities, they see oil and gas tax royalties as one of the only ways to bring roads and critical infrastructure to these areas. Another big factor in this is that Alaska's entire congressional delegation is in support of this project. And that includes Alaska's um, recently elected Democratic Congresswoman Mary Paltola. But outside of Alaska, there has been a lot of opposition to this decision. How have people reacted and how has the Biden administration justified it? 
people are really upset at Joe Biden because he has gone back on a really key campaign promise. As a candidate, he said, No more drilling on federal lands, period, 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 period. But the Arctic Circle is a disaster to do that, a big disaster in my view. So supporters of Joe Biden, environmental groups, lawmakers from the president's own party are upset. And it sort of, you know, even kind of contradicts how Joe Biden has positioned himself as a leader. He's toiled away to get a major climate bill passed, the Inflation Reduction Act, which allocates $370 billion to clean energy. And this project seems to kind of just negate all those climate goals. And there's a few other complicating matters. There's the global energy crisis triggered by Russia's invasion of Ukraine. So there's this push to build new export terminals for the U.S. to ship more oil and gas to Europe, even though, of course, it's going to take like years before Willow could actually start operating and producing oil. And there's also been reporting suggesting that the administration is worried about a lawsuit from ConocoPhillips, which does have a good case that it's held the lease for prospective drilling in this area for over two decades. So it's possible that lawyers for the administration have said, well, a lawsuit from ConocoPhillips could cost taxpayers billions, and it could end up that the project is constructed anyway. Although, of course, now the administration is facing a lawsuit from environmental groups who oppose the project. My name is Kristen Monsell, and I'm a senior attorney with the Center for Biological Diversity. Kristen is part of a coalition of conservation groups that have filed a lawsuit to stop the project. And a separate lawsuit has also been filed by Trustees for Alaska on behalf of other indigenous and environmental groups. Kristen and her colleagues have been fighting this particular project for several years now. The oil companies actually acquired the leases for this project starting in the late 1990s, but only first announced the discovery of the oil in 2017. The Trump administration first approved the project in 2020, and we immediately went to court to challenge it, and we won. But about a year and a half later, after a few rounds of public comment on new analysis that the Biden administration did, Biden approved it. Um, and we believe the Biden administration repeated a lot of the same errors that the Trump administration did. And so we sued again. So what are your arguments as to why this shouldn't be legally allowed to happen? Specifically, we have claims under the National Environmental Policy Act and the Endangered Species Act. Our National Environmental Policy Act, or NEPA, claims uh, focus largely on the climate impacts of approving this project. And then on our Endangered Species Act claims, those are based on the fact the agency failed to consider how greenhouse gas emissions from the project will affect the survival and recovery of polar bears and ring seals and bearded seals. And that in doing so, it failed to consider the best available science that can now attribute a certain amount of carbon emissions to a certain amount of sea ice loss. 
Of course, I should say that the approval came after that environmental impact assessment by the US Interior Department, which recommended reducing the number of drilling sites from ConocoPhillips' original proposal of five sites down to three. And it also announced that it was going to ban any future oil and gas drilling in the US Arctic Ocean and protect millions of acres of Alaska that are deemed sensitive to native communities. And in its decision, the Department of the Interior's Bureau of Land Management said that the approval strikes a balance by allowing ConocoPhillips to use its long-standing leases in the Arctic while making the project smaller. Nevertheless, Kristen, you are still opposing this. Do you have any hope that it can be stopped? I do. Um, you know, I have a mix of, of emotions, I would say. I mean, I'm infuriated that the administration approved the project. I'm saddened to think about all of the harm it will cause people and, and wildlife, but also inspired that so many people spoke out against the project and hopeful that we can beat it in court yet again. I mean, I hope you know, one day we're at a point where we don't have to resort to litigation. Um, but until that happens, we will keep fighting. Manvi, this couldn't be happening at a more critical time for the planet. Yesterday, we got a final warning from scientists in the IPCC report calling for swift and drastic action to reduce emissions and invest in renewable energy. And this decision is basically the opposite of that. What do you think it tells us about how seriously the crisis is being taken by governments? I mean, I think as is the case for most governments, the whole world, leaders probably aren't addressing it with as much urgency as the crisis deserves. I guess we end up here because there's this sort of thinking amongst leaders that maybe we need just a little bit more oil and gas before we completely quit it. I can't say where we'll end up with this project, but you know, the International Energy Agency has clearly indicated like we can't approve any more of these projects if we're going to avert just the most catastrophic consequences of climate crisis. So, I guess what the science indicates is that we should already stop approving any more projects like this. Thanks to Kristen Monsell and Mon V. Singh. You can find a link to coverage of the Willow Project on the podcast webpage at theguardian.com. And that's it for today. The producer was me, Madeline Finley. The sound design was by Joel Cox. And the executive producer was Ellie Bury. We'll be back on Thursday. See you then. This is The Guardian. The wait is over and we are back for series two of Pop Culture with me, Shantae Joseph. We'll dive into the biggest pop culture stories of the week again, from Meghan and Harry. And this is why sort of turning Harry and Meghan into polarising figures ticks a lot of boxes, because it just drives clicks. To Rihanna. Rihanna rocks up at about one 
she just swans in like she's the most ordinary person in the world just running a couple of minutes late and of course the chaos of my life I meet someone, I show my friend, they're like, mm, yeah, it's okay. Four weeks later, I'm sliding down the wall crying. One week later, I message my friends. I met you guys. This is how I dated 11 people in one year. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts.